Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. What's up, friend? Welcome to this episode of The She Podcast. Today, I am answering a question from a listener and a reader, social media follower, uh, who sent in a question about starting from the bottom and starting small and feeling a little bit... uh, a little bit impatient and frustrated when you're in that, you know, that season of, uh, you know, wanting to do something more, but not either, either not entirely sure what that is or feeling stuck in a season or a job or a career that you're not all that excited about, but it's also kind of important for paying the bills and that feeling of impatience, like you're in a perpetual waiting season and that kind of working up, trying to figure out your thing feeling. And so I'm going to dive in that one, into that one today. Uh, but before I dive in, I want to make sure that you know about a couple things. One, if you haven't grabbed your copy of Own Your Everyday, make sure that you do that. It's been so fun to see tens of thousands of you guys reading this and sharing it on social media. I believe it's still about half off on Amazon. So if you want to score a deal there, go check it out on Amazon. But it's also available at Target and Barnes and & Noble and Walmart. It's in all Walmarts. Like, that's crazy, right? That was insane to see. Um, so anyways, it's also in some airports. Um, airport bookstores as well. So make sure you grab your copy. Second thing I want to make sure I tell you about is throughout the month of September, I have a free training available. So in October, I have a coaching program rolling out inside of the Own It Academy. I've shared about that on socials and in emails, but if you are completely unsure of what the Own It Academy is, uh, make sure you go to theownitacademy.com slash kickstart, and that's where you'll find the very first program um, inside and the Owned Academy is uh, very much like a mentorship center and we're building out a big awesome e-learning center where I'm going to be offering a coaching series as well as other educational resources and communities uh, community opportunities down the road but our very first coaching program comes out in October and th- there's a whole section of it that's available for free so if you're like I don't know if I'm into this kind of thing I don't know if this is what I need go over to the ownedacademy.com slash kickstart Check it out um, and you can get the first video chapter from the program completely for free. And if it's helpful for you, then you should totally join the program in, Octo- on, in October. And if it's not, then don't. But I think it's going to be super helpful. It's been amazing to see the feedback. So many messages and comments just saying how much it's blown their mind and how people can't believe it's free. So I uh, highly encourage you to do that if you are multi-passionate or feel like you can't figure out your passions or what you want to do. So all that to say. We're going to dive right into this episode and I'm going to be answering Emma's question and reading it to you and it's going to be great. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley.
All right, so I'm gonna read you this question that came in from Emma, and then I'm going to uh, dive right into what I would tell Emma if I was sitting across the table from her and just advising her on life. So her question was, Hi, Jordan, I've been listening to your podcast for the past few weeks and wanted to ask you if you could consider doing an episode about starting at the bottom. I recently moved abroad for an internship after graduating college and your episode on the awkward phase after college really resonated with me. However, I'm feeling impatient in my career right now and want to ask you about advice and maybe some a personal story on moving forward in the years after school. For me, I graduated with a degree in architecture and I'm working in an architecture office, but to be honest, it's a little bit life-sucking. <laughs> I sit at the, office, er, at the computer every day and there is very little variety in my work life. I have ideas and dreams about where I'd like to be, things like meeting with clients and choosing materials and furnishings for them and visiting the construction site and being a boss woman, et cetera, et cetera. But I am struggling with the patience to get there and often worry that I'm not moving forward or going in the right direction. Could you speak into this at all and share some tools for moving forward as a young, ambitious employee that for some, that sometimes suffers from the millennial mindset that I don't have to start at the bottom? Oh, girl, such a good question. How many of us begin to believe like, oh, I can just kind of bypass these first couple steps. I'm just going to hop right into, you know, where I want to be. Okay, this is an actual problem and this is a really uh, relevant struggle. And I think many of us are feeling it in one way or another, right? We might be at this stage of our career, but we're seeing uh, somebody else at that stage or we're just not feeling like it's life-giving. And so we're dreaming about where we want to be. And even though this is very much probably a very important stepping stone, uh, feeling that un that unsettled feeling or that I'm wasting time here or can I just move on with my life already? Uh, that feeling is huge. And so I absolutely want to make sure we speak into this. First thing I want to say is I definitely relate because I remember when I was getting my healthcare administration degree and wrapping up college, I spent my last couple summers interning at an investment or in investment banking, which in many ways was a great experience. And you might be thinking, how does investment banking have anything to do with healthcare administration? That's what I was getting my degree in. Um, and it really didn't. It was uh, basically just a business setting. And healthcare administration is kind of like getting a business degree with a healthcare focus in many ways. It's very much the business side of healthcare and the healthcare industry. So management, insurance, all those types of things. And so at least having some experience within the financial element of things or the financial side of business or of, um, the world was at least a little bit helpful. So anyways, I remember sitting in that office and that's when I began dreaming of like, can I just move on? Can I do something else? And that's when I started to feel a lot of unrest about what I was pursuing with my degree and the possible career path. I was like, if my degree is going to require me to sit in an office every single day in a cubicle and like, you know, do paperwork, I'm going to lose my marbles. Okay. So I totally understand this feeling. And I do think this is an issue. And I think this is a very relevant issue to talk about. Um, this kind of millennial mindset that, maybe we maybe very subconsciously believe that we can just that we should be bypassing uh these kind of we don't want to cut our teeth on stuff you know we kind of want to just be where we want to be and sometimes you know sometimes you have to do work that sucks like my dad always said like sometimes you have to shovel poop and he didn't say poop but you know what i mean i'm gonna not use the four-letter word the idea is like sometimes you have to do unglamorous work and not that you should stay there and i don't believe and this is another thing i think there's a very balanced approach that we can bring to this um and in other words, you know, I think 
the idea that we don't need to ever kind of cut our teeth on some stuff and do the unglamorous, you know, sweep the floors and do the work that's very, not very life-giving and really feels like it's not even operating in our, in our giftings. Um, I think that's actually teaching us character. And I want to make sure I emphasize the importance of character and the importance of having to do that and experience this season of life and remembering that life comes in phases. And this is, this is not like your only phase. It's probably like maybe a year, maybe two years of your life. And if you think about that in the grand scheme of not only your life, but also in eternity, that's pretty stinking small, right? So trying to just kind of keep that perspective is really huge. But I think on the flip side, we also, I also don't fully prescribe to the mindset that's like, oh, you're young. That means you need to just be stuck in sucky work that doesn't pay you well. And you know, that's also not necessarily, I, I think that like you to just settle for that and to just be like, oh, you know, this is just what I'm supposed to do. I think you actually can create a lot more for yourself. I actually think that there's a lot more for you. But this might be a necessary stepping stone in order to be able to do that. Okay. So all that to say, I think the first thing to point out is the importance of having a very balanced and healthy viewpoint on this, understanding that, hey, you are capable of more. And that this isn't just, you don't have to accept this as, you know, gospel. You don't have to accept that kind of mindset that you're supposed to just have a sucky job your first 10 years in a career and be at the bottom. Um, I don't think just totally settling for that is okay either. I truly believe you can create your own destiny. Um, I believe with the help of God, but that you can definitely take action and make things happen um, and that you don't have to follow the status quo. So as much as I'm not a believer in the status quo, I also believe in the importance of embracing those stepping stones and small starts and starting where you are and understanding that you have to cut your teeth on stuff and you sometimes have to do jobs you don't love. And here's the deal. Even when you're in your dream job, this is just important to understand. Even when you get to that level where you're like, I am here. I have arrived. I am crushing it. Okay. When you get there, because you will, you you will still have elements to your work that is going to be life sucking. Okay. That's just part of like, that's the nature of work. You might love the general, like you might love what you do. Okay. But there's going to be some tasks that you're like, Oh, I hate doing this. Right. But it comes with the job. It comes with the territory or, Oh my gosh, this client makes me want to rip my hair out. Right. Or (laughs) like, I mean, I experienced that. I love what I do. I love that I get to create content and do podcast episodes and talk to you about this kind of stuff. Like this is the best job ever in my opinion, but there are still some things that I do on a daily basis that I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate that I have to do this. Even though I'm so blessed to have a job and have created a job that I love, it still comes with, you know, tasks that I don't particularly enjoy that suck the life out of me, that drain me, that are exhausting. Uh, It still comes with negative feedback now and then. It still comes with, uh, you know, navigating everybody's opinions. It comes with, there's challenges in every level of your career. So if I can just put that out there to begin with, it's like, your challenge right now might be that the type of work you're doing isn't the best, um, which is, which is, I I think a very important thing to identify and that you want to be elsewhere. That's good. Like have that as a, as a goal and that you're working toward. Um, but I think if your challenge or, you know, and in this season, if that's your challenge, understand that even when you arrive at your dream career, um, you're still going to have challenges. They might just look and be packaged different. So I just want to make sure that you don't believe the lie that once you get to the level at which you want to be, you're going to be like fully satisfied. Um, I feel like sometimes the finish line always moves and we're always like, well, if I could just get this task off my plate or, oh, I could just change that. You know, it's like, you can definitely always be improving, but the reality is like, it's work. And sometimes work is hard and sometimes work sucks. So just, that's just part of life. But I do believe that you have the ability to make important changes to get this experience right now. You're like in training mode. Okay. So I want you to think of this, like you are, um, training for combat. You are in 
uh, boot camp. And if you don't show up for boot camp, you're not going to be ready for the battle. You're not going to be ready for what's thrown at you. So if you can kind of give yourself, I think what you need to do, and this is just an idea and a piece of advice. And this is actually something that I did in a different way. Um, When I knew I wanted to have more flexibility, I wanted to have more autonomy. I wanted to, uh, you know, for me, I wanted to create my own business. Didn't really know exactly what that would look like, but I needed to do something to get the experience, to get the training, to get the tools. Um, not only was the, you know, were those internships helpful at a bank and in, in investments to learn finance and whatnot, but also, you know, doing some work within the creative field because that was something that really interests me or interested me. And so, you know, I took on some uh, some work for about a year working for a wedding venue, helping them with their website and their social media and their messaging. And as much as there was times where I just wanted to be doing that for myself because I wanted to build my own thing, it really helped me get results for other people, for somebody else and learn what was working and what wasn't and kind of cut my teeth on it. And sometimes I had to do jobs I didn't totally love. Um, but overall it was a huge, hugely impactful and important experience to setting me up to where I've now, you know, been able to work toward and and get to. And so, um, I, I share that because the way that I had done that was, you know, I wanted to do it for a year. I said, okay, I'm starting in, you know, this summer and by this time next summer, I want to be able to kind of bridge off and be able to take some of the skills and the abilities and the and the tools that I've gotten and step into the next spot, whatever that is. I was starting to kind of give myself a little bit of a deadline. And I think why this is important is, you know, and maybe you already have a deadline if you're in an internship, but I think why this is important is because we can begin to feel uh, very, very stuck when we have no kind of end game to what we're doing. When we're like, okay, I'm here and I know it's an important step, but I don't know where I'm going next. You might not necessarily know exactly where you're going next, but if you give yourself a deadline of like, okay, I'm done with this on uh, January 1 or whatever the thing is, then you're going to be able to start, uh, I think, thinking about and preparing for what comes after January 1. And I hope and my my goal for giving you this piece of advice is if you have an end game and a, and a hard stop, then that means you can pour all that you have and and be as intentional as you can in the next six months or however many months that you have until that end, end date. Um to really soaking it in and learning everything you can and maybe trying to read between the lines and learn and pick up skills you otherwise wouldn't have, asking people in the office, being coachable, um, picking up those ex- that experience, those skills, seeing if you can go on a job site or whatever, just continuing to put yourself out there and pour everything you can into it because you know, dang it, like, yes, this might not be the most uh, life-giving work in the world, but I have six months to pick up and learn as much as I can because come January 1, I'm making a change and I need to be prepared for what that change is going to be. And I need to, I need to soak up as much knowledge as I possibly can. And that's really what I did when I was working within that wedding venue. And so again, it's just that idea of like, how much can I learn while I'm implementing these skills and doing, you know, trial and error. And even though if the work isn't exactly what I want to be doing, it's part of setting myself up to, you know, step into what I'm made to do, to creating my own destiny, to paving a way, to taking a risk, right? Instead of just following the status quo, you might be able to take a little bit of a risk, but at the same time, instead of just, you know, having that, like you mentioned, millennial mindset of, oh, okay, I can just, you know, bypass and I I have a master's, so I should be paid 85 grand right out of college and have my dream job. Like, "Mm, nope, not true. Um, I actually, I could go on a whole rant about the education issues and how we have now become entitled because we have all these pieces of paper and zero experience. So that's a whole nother podcast episode. But, um, you know, I just want to encourage you in that. A couple other things I want to talk about, um, in addition to what I've already shared is, you know, I remember, um, the feeling of starting at the bottom or starting small and how much that made me so nervous when I was dreaming about the types of things I would want to do. And again, I didn't have a massively clear picture. I think you might be a little bit more clear on that, but still, it sounds like you have a lot of skills and ideas and passions and, um, 
this general idea of what you'd like to do, but you don't know quite what that would be. Um, so for me, you know, I never saw, I always was a hard worker and creative and I loved working with people a lot like you. Um, but I had no clue where, when, or how to start doing that on my own terms and what that would look like. I knew I had the ability to, I knew I would like to, I knew I had more potential, but I was kind of like, uh, <laughs> what does this actually look like? And, you know, plus the feeling of starting at the bottom and kind of having to start small in many ways uh, made me a little nervous. Like those questions of what if I fail or what if it doesn't work out or what will my friends think or I hardly even have time for this. I'm just trying to keep up with what I'm doing, you know, full time over here. I get that. Okay. And I think one thing I want to point out is I think sometimes it's not even the fear of starting small or starting at the bottom or even starting over. You know, there's been many times in what I've done now that I've kind of started over. Like when you pivot or you, you know, switch jobs or you pivot in your business or you switch lanes or you kind of begin to evolve as you grow. And as God begins to shape what you're doing um, and, and your skill sets and all of these things, you might pivot or you might go, oh, you know what? I definitely want to use architecture, but I want to use it in the context of interior design or I want to use it. You know, you might have this totally different uh, path than you even realize right now. And so that even is scary, feeling like you're kind of starting over, right? Maybe rebuilding a clientele base or uh, moving to a new city or these areas where you're kind of starting your career over a little bit. So whether it's starting small, starting at the bottom and working your way up and being patient through that or starting over and still being patient through that and rebuilding, um, I don't even think that's so much the fear. Like I think there's definitely a, a fear or like a frustration or no, maybe not a frustration, maybe a little bit of anxiety with that when it comes to the financial piece and things like that. But I think even more than that, I think it's being seen doing that that actually scares us the most. It's it's vulnerable, it's awkward, and it's often public, right? Like our friends and family knows we're trying to work toward this goal or we're trying to build this business or we're trying to chase this dream or we're trying to do this thing. And when you, and I think the reality is though, and that I think that we have to own is when you start or step into a dream publicly, when you begin to say, okay, I'm going to take that next step. Like I, I gave this a year. I gathered as much as I can, but I'm not going to allow myself to get comfortable here. I'm not going to allow myself to sit here, but I also am going to be intentional while I'm here rather than being impatient. And I think that's the daily challenge right there. Um, but when you do begin to take that next step, whether that's after January 1 or March 1 or whatever the date you've set is, um, the reality is, is when you start, start or step into chasing a certain dream or career or building your career publicly, you also risk failing publicly too. And I, I hate the word failing because I really think it's like, it's learning. <laughs> I love this quote by James Wentmore. It says, when you take action and try, you're not going to fail. You're either going to you're either going to get the outcome you wanted or the lesson you needed, which is so good. I share that all the time because I think it's so true, but it's that feeling of failure publicly. If it doesn't go how you wanted it to, or you don't get the call you thought you wanted, or you put all this time and energy and years into training for that or working toward it. And then it just doesn't pan out how you thought, or you end up going a different direction and having to explain that to like great aunt Sandra, you know, I get it. Okay. So it's that feeling of like all those people like, wait, what about your architecture career? What about, you just don't know. And I think just keeping open hands is, and not, and I think, Owning what dream you have or what what you're working toward is important, but just owning the fact that like, you know what, I'm going to go for this and I'm going to be okay with risking the fact that it might not work out publicly because it's, as you pursue it publicly, as you pursue it openly, there's the chance other people are going to see you not end up getting the, the, you know, promotion that you wanted or the career that you wanted, or maybe having some, uh, <laughs> some errors that are some trial and errors in the process. And that's just the reality for everyone. So I guess I just want to remind you that no matter what you're doing, whether, you know, as a listener, whether you're in Emma's position or a different position, if you are feeling like you are either starting small or feeling like you're starting at the bottom and trying to have that perseverance and patience to work your way up or even starting over in your career path or in your business, um, 
it's probably not so much the fear of doing that. It's the fear of being seen doing that. But if you can just get it through your head that like, you know what, I'm going to be so passionate about what I'm pursuing that that, that even if I fail publicly or I don't, you know, even, even if others see me not achieve that in the way that I thought, it's still going to be worth it. And if you can choose that, then you're going to have so much more intentionality and so much more perseverance and so much more patience and so much more courage to go for it, even when there's a risk it doesn't work out, right? Or the risk that it could take a little longer than you'd like. So um, a couple things from there. I want to tell you first a quick story about gumballs. <laughs> I promise this is going to lead to somewhere. And then I want to follow that with three quick pieces of advice and, and a tool for you because I think this will be really helpful and we'll wrap up. So first thing I want to talk about is gumballs because this is something that's come to my mind a lot recently. It's something I've forgotten about until very recently because I was a child, but it's actually a really, really good visual and a really good example. So when I was a child, um, my parents were both entrepreneurs. They both had, you know, my mom had, she was like a, every now and then she would pick up some work teaching. Uh, English and Spanish and she also had an engineering degree my mom is very much like me like she didn't really use her degree very much but then she's like built a business for herself in Spanish and English and cognitive skills and professional sports and my dad is in construction so anyways they both already were doing many things but they picked up this um, side investment with some friends and they basically bought like 50 gumball machines or something. And we, I remember when I was a kid, my brother and I thought it was like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. We'd go out in the garage and there'd be all these gumball machines and we would like steal quarters from, you know, wherever we could find them in the house. And we'd go out and get a gumball. We thought we were so cool. It was the best. Anyways, what it was literally like 10 year, like the 10 year old dream, you know, like who, who has gumball machines in their garage at like their dispense. But anyways, um, so we had, all these gumball machines. And then the task was my mom's role. There was another couple involved and each person had a role. And my mom's role was to like place and service them. And so basically what she would do is she would go into places like Great Clips or uh, Papa John's or these different places and see if they would allow us to place a gumball machine there. And then we would come service it every two to six weeks or something. I don't remember the timeline. I could be totally butchering this because I was 10 or 11. But the point is, um, I just remember that uh, I would go with her. She would bring my brother and I a lot of the times and she would go and pitch this machine there. She'd ask to see a manager and sometimes they'd say no and sometimes they'd say yes. And when they would said yes, you know, we would place it in the store. And then a few weeks or a month or so later, we'd come back and we would service it, which means we'd clean it because there was usually like fingerprints on it and we would just make sure it was clean. And then we would take all the quarters out of the back. We had to get this key and, you know, open the back and take all the quarters out. And so my brother and I were always like, how many quarters are there? You know, and if the gumball machine was only half full, we were like, oh my gosh, like it's going to be like, this is a jackpot. We've sold half the gumballs, you know, anyways, it was just so funny. So we would go and we would help her with that. And then we would get a little cut of that. Like instead of getting an allowance, we would get a, you know, a dollar quarters or whatever it was I honestly don't remember the details I just remember doing it and getting a little bit of payment for the for the time that was like our little childhood job it wasn't a super long gig it was something they did for a short season but I remember that and I recently saw some pictures that my mom had pulled out they were like that she pulled out from when we were doing that and you know I I think I was just it was such a good visual and reminder for me because that was actually my first job I mean I used to think my first job was when I was like 16 or 17 and at Jimmy John's but it wasn't as great as the Jimmy John's days were uh, and as as freaky fast as I got at making a sandwich um, the gumball machines were really my first uh, work and I think what's funny fun about that story is you know this was just one thing that my parents added to kind of add some diversified income and some life and some variety to their life. Um, it was just a different, it was just a different adventure to take on. 
It wasn't like 15 different ventures. They just thought, you know what, let's give this a shot. This like could be a really awesome thing and it could create some passive revenue and it's it's different and it's an opportunity. And so one thing I would encourage you to do, you know, in your everyday right now with the, with the task you have, I wouldn't probably suggest getting 50 gumball machines. <laughs> but what I would, would but what I would suggest is think about one thing you can do or try to add a little variety and maybe get some more experience. Um, maybe that's a little bit of consulting or maybe that's doing uh, some design work or maybe that's uh, coaching other uh, architecture students or tutoring architecture students, doing something where you feel like you're using what you've already learned and um, skills you've already gained, even if you feel like you're still early on, to help those coming up behind you or to offer that to family friends and just do it to get more and more hands-on experience, even if you're not getting paid for it per se, um, even or if you're getting paid very little, to begin, again, adding tools to your tool belt, again, adding to your arsenal, right? And adding to your experience so that by the time your end date is up with this specific internship, like you feel so equipped and prepared because not only did you sit there in the office and like punch numbers or whatever you're doing, that seems quote unquote life sucking as you put it. Um, but also, you know, you've kind of cut your teeth a little bit more and you've put yourself out there a little bit and you've tried to gather some more hands-on experience and that's going to prepare you for where you say you want to go. So I think that's just one thing to think about. And in the same vein of that uh, gumball story, the other thing I want to point out from that is everyone starts at zero. Literally everyone, okay? The boss babe that's, you know, 10, 10 rungs up the ladder in the architecture industry that you're admiring and wanting to be in her position someday, like she started at zero. Now I'm assuming you will probably have the ability to maybe move a little quicker up the ladder or, you know, quicker. I don't even love the word ladder. I'm not a huge corporate fan, but my point is, um, you know, whatever it is, like you might be able to advance faster in your career or maybe than she did, but given, you know, how the world is right now and how fast things are moving and all of that, or just the different opportunities that you have besides just working within an architecture company, um, being able to go independent and doing all the different ways, using all the, all the different ways you could use that skill and that craft, um, is just endless comparatively maybe to what it used to be. But, you know, the point is that everyone starts at zero and everyone has to do the unglamorous work of like what my mom and my brother and I did of cleaning gumball machines and asking the Papa John's manager to let let them put their product in their store, uh, putting themselves out there and getting rejected and then scrubbing fingerprints and germs off of vending machines. Like that doesn't sound glamorous, right? Or in other words, you know, maybe that's not the specific context, but the point here is like to offer, everyone starts at zero and begins offering their skills or services or products to the world at the risk of being rejected probably more times than you'll be accepted or given a yes. Um, probably <laughs> there's a lot of perseverance and a lot of, um, persistence and a lot of patience that is required when you are uh, pers pursuing something that sets your soul on fire. Now, I do believe, again, like I said, you can take some things into your own hands. You don't have to. This isn't like 1800 or 1950 where you have to wait for someone to offer you a job. There's other ways to go about it. But at the same time, there is this importance of working your way through those not so fun experiences and having your character shaped and uh, getting your hands dirty, right? And rolling up your sleeves and doing the tasks that are really unsexy. Um, you know, even and even the risk of putting yourself out there to take that next step, like when you get to that step. I mean, I remember even when I first put my book out there, this comes back to that, that conversation I was just or that that thought I was just sharing about starting smaller, starting at the bottom, um, or even starting over and that risk of feeling seen starting small, because then you risk 
failing publicly, right? And I remember when I was first writing my very first book as a first time author, I would look at all these authors who had five books out or three books out or seven books out. And I'm like, how am I ever going to be that? You know, and um, you also kind of feel like you're putting something out into the world. You're using your skills and your gifts and your abilities and you're offering it to the world or you're offering it to a company or you're offering it to a market or an industry or all of the above. And you kind of feel like, here's my heart. Please don't squash it, right? <laughs> like It's risky. It's terrifying. And when you ask for an opportunity or when you put yourself out there or when you, uh, you know, ask for the, you know, ask the Papa John's manager to let you put your gumball machine in his, in his store or when you ask the uh, manager for more responsibility or if you could go shadow an actual job site or whatever these areas of which you're going to be putting yourself out there a little bit more to gather some of that experience uh, is, is huge and it's terrifying. And so just know that everyone starts at zero. Everyone feels that fear. Everyone feels that frustration. Everyone sometimes feels a little bit stuck. So you're not behind the curve by any means. If you are working, if you are kicking your own booty, if you are doing what you can to get an extra experience beyond just the, you know, the, maybe the internship or the job that you have, you are going to be so far ahead because I love this. I'm going to share another uh, famous dad quote. <laughs> Sometimes they're, they're funny, but they're, they have a lot of truth to them. And my dad would always say like, Jay, the world operates at a C level. That's just the reality. I mean, he hires tons of people. He has, you know, he's uh, does business coast to coast and he just knows. And he says, you know, the world operates at a C level. And he goes, and I don't say that to be negative or dismal. It's just the fact. And if you can choose to operate at an A plus level, even in work you don't love, you are going to be so far ahead of the curve that you're going to have more opportunities. You're going to advance faster in your career. You're going to be ahead of your peer group. And so I remember just hearing that really stuck with me. I actually think my, my neighbor may have been the original one to say it, but my dad's the one who told me. And I just remember that being so powerful, thinking the world does operate at a sea level sometimes, you know, and I think that's why I would say don't settle for the status quo of like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to hate it for 20 years. Like, no, that's actually not true. And I think that's a lie we allow ourselves to like settle into because it's comfortable um, and it's, you know, it doesn't require risk or as much risk, but I'm challenging you to operate at an A plus level, even in a job you hate and also take some risks to get experience beyond that job you hate and put yourself out there because you're going to advance a lot quicker if you are the one that chooses to do that instead of just settling into this is just the way it is right? So that's just really important. Last thing I want to say, I just want to offer you a tool. It sounds like you really have a lot of skills, a lot of ideas, a lot of passion, and you're really gaining some awesome experience. And I think sifting through all these amazing things can actually lead to indecision and overwhelm and even more frustration at times. Like, wait, now what am I doing? Right? Um, so I really recommend, I really would just recommend that you start with my free training. Um, it's available through the end of September. And if you are feeling that, you know, frustration or that passion, impatience kind of feeling, but not necessarily sure what you would do with all of these things or exactly what that's going to look like, or you have this idea of where you want to be, but you're trying to put all the pieces together so you can take the next best step after this internship, um, I would highly recommend starting with that. I think it would be a very helpful program. Um, it's a free training from my program that comes out, my coaching program that comes out in October, but you can get a chapter from it completely free. So if you're like, I don't know what to do with these passions and these skills and what's a genius zone, you might not even know what a genius zone is. And in this training, I'm unpacking three secrets to really monetizing your skills and making an impact. And that's really what I think is not only fulfilling, but also financially smart. And I often, I, I was so frustrated because I feel like no one was telling us this. I feel like everyone was just like, monetize your passions and, or do what you're passionate about. And it's like, that's not the best career advice. Like that's literally like 25% of the whole picture. And so I really wanted to bring the full picture that I had to learn a lot through trial and error and doing kind of 
cutting my teeth on some things and trying some things and failing at many things <laughs> and having to rebuild and start over and start small and all of the things that we're talking about in this episode. So if any of this resonates with you and you are feeling that, you know, kind of passion overwhelm and maybe a little bit impatient, I would highly recommend checking that out. And it might open your eyes to options you don't even realize you have or help you find the right option that uh, you don't even realize is there. So All right. That's all I got for you. Emma, thanks for sending in your question. And to all who resonate with Emma's feeling, definitely check out that free training, the ownitacademy.com slash kickstart. It's available through the end of September before the entire program starts. So be sure to check it out. All right. Have a great one. I will see you or I will talk to you (laughs) next week. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.